How's that? Is that better? Hey, there we go. I'm alive, I'm alive. Fantastic. I feel like I haven't been up here for a long, long time. Anyway, I think I, I remember what to do. That's good. <laughs> hey, um, just wanted to share with you, um, during the, uh, the singing, um, I love that song, um, So Sing Your Praise Aloud, whatever that one's called. Um, but uh, it was interesting, whilst we were singing, um, So Sing Your Praise Aloud, I had a vision um, that I saw the top of the roof here, almost from the outside, and I saw arrows being shot out of the roof in every direction. And I just really felt like God said to me, sing your praise aloud. There is power in the spoken word. And when we praise, it's not just like having karaoke, you know, we are actually engaging in spiritual warfare. We are firing spiritual arrows into the atmosphere. And you are the spiritual archer that God is depending upon to fire your faith-filled arrows out that he might win the battle that is going on in the heavenlies, okay? Amen, that's good. Well, let's just pray and we'll get into the word and see what God's got to say to us today. Lord, I thank you and I praise you that we can come to this place each week and uh, Lord, that we can um, fellowship with one another, Lord, and we can be encouraged, Lord, and we can receive your words. I pray today, Lord, that you would take what I have prepared, that you'd anoint it, Lord, and that more importantly, that you would anoint the ears of the people listening, that you would let them hear what you have to say to them today. I thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hello to all those people that are live online. I hope you're all doing well as well today. Um, today, um, I actually heard that Pastor Rick and Ben and Minset are all at the airport. I don't know if they're still at the airport this morning, but they're flying out to, to is it Cambodia they're flying out to or somewhere? Hmm? Thailand, is it? They're flying out to Thailand and they've got the um, pan... Pan-Asia Conference on, which is the ACC sort of um, missions conference that they, and it's been very hard over the last while, you could imagine, having it with all what's been going on in the world. And so this actually might be one of the last chances they get together. Uh, they might be doing it online after that. So they've gone over there. And after that, uh, Rick will be actually going over to Cambodia to see our people and see what's going on there as well. So keep them in your prayers um, as they're over there um, doing that at the moment. Last week, um, Pastor Rick preached a sermon um, which was um, Come Out of the Corner, part two. And uh, he spoke to me about a week ago and said he wanted me to get up whilst he was away and sort of continue on the, the theme. And so this is kind of, you know, part three, I suppose, of Come Out of the Corner. Um, today, the sermon, though, I have entitled the trainer is in our corner. Um, when we use this analogy, um, come out of the corner, Pastor Rick said it's like a boxing match. And it's like a boxer getting caught in the corner um, of the ring and being pummeled by the opponent because he's kind of trapped in the corner there. And he was saying that Pastor Rick really believes that God gave him a word to say the church has to come out from the corner, 
can't take the punches anymore. God says, my people have been hit and I want you to come out of the corner and to take up the fight and to win the battle. I do believe that these things that come, off, we know that the precedent of analogies or parables uh, was given to us by the Lord, that whenever he spoke, he often talked in analogies or parables, if you want to call them that. And so I want to take this thing and I want to sort of run with it a bit further today and add a little bit more to you as well. Um, so today, I was talking this with Susan as I was preparing it, and she said to me, could you just explain a little bit today about boxing? Because Susan doesn't particularly like boxing, <laughs> and I don't think she's ever seen a boxing match in her life. <laughs> and so when we start talking about being trapped on the corner, and you, know, you hear about a boxing ring, well, it's actually a square, not a circle, you know. Um, it's got four corners, and... Um, when the fighters come in, you'll actually notice that um, the boxing ring has two home corners, one for each boxer. They have 13 rounds in a professional bout, three minutes long each, and they get one minute between each round to go back to their home corner and rest. Remember all this, because it'll come out a bit more in the sermon as we go. Um, but during the actual fight, um, that they're having, sometimes you can get backed against the ropes into a corner and you'll see the fighters kind of covering up as the, you know, the fighter and they have to try and get out of that corner as much as they can. And you'll actually hear the trainer yelling that because what they do is in this ring where they've got the trainer, the person that trains this person is outside the home corner on those ropes during the entire fight and also the crew that help. And so when the boxer comes in for the rest in the minute, they're quickly into the ring and they're fixing him up and talking to him and encouraging him, getting him through the fight. So remember that for the, that analogy that we've got in front of us. Rick went on to say that it has been a difficult season for us. Um, the last couple of years that, you know, we've seen a lot happen and people have been feeling the pressure of it. But I don't think it's just the coronavirus. You know, there's been all sorts of things that have been going on. And, you know, people have uh, had financial problems maybe. You know, we've been hit with floods, my goodness. I've lived in the Hawkesbury since 1988. And we went for nearly 30 years without a flood. You know, in 1989, the church went under here, but the next one wasn't until just recently. And so I don't know what's going on, but I've seen more floods in this last short while than we've seen in a long, long time. You know, there's finite, as I said, finite, all sorts of things can hit us. And when we get hit with challenges and things that come against us, we can feel a little bit like we've been backed into a corner and we're taking the blows. You know, Susan and I can attest to that. We understand what it feels like to be backed into a corner. Many of you would know that we've been through a very difficult time in this last season. Over the last year, you know, Susan was diagnosed with cancer and um, that entailed major surgery and then going through six months of chemo. Um, to try and battle her way through this. The good news is that she's now finished chemo and the doctors have given her the all clear um, from there. Thank you. Um, with that one, they will never say to you, you are 100% clear. 
Is that true, Jane? <laughs> but they say to you, go away, and if you can, you know, go for the next two years, you know, without it coming back, well then, you know, you're doing real well. So, you know, we're praying, continuing to pray for that, um, that we will get clear of it. But for us, it's not just been that. There has been so much going on in our lives. Um, and so we understand what it's like to have to fight your way out of a corner at the moment. As I said before, though, that the boxer is the, always has the trainer in his corner. And you will hear the trainer yelling out, remember your training, cover up, come on, you know, jab, come on there, get out of the corner. And he's always that yelling advice. And so... I'd say to you that when we find ourselves in the corner, experiencing challenges, never forget that your Lord and Savior is in your corner. In the midst of a fight, he, he hasn't disappeared. He can sometimes feel very alone. You're out there having a battle with this opponent in the middle of the ring, but Jesus is right there. And we have to attune our ear even in the midst of the fight. And you know that sometimes the enemy comes to pummel you and to attack you and his purpose is, is to get you distracted so that you don't hear the voice of the Lord, so that you feel distant from him. But that is the absolute crucial moment where we need to focus in and listen because he's right there yelling out to us, remember the word, remember your training, remember what I've said to you, I'm here with you, we will get through this thing. Listen for the voice of the Spirit. As Bruce was saying to us before the service, that he was saying that the voice of the Spirit is so important to us. He's our comforter, he's our strength, he's the one that will bring the words of God to our mind. So tune in to him. Receive encouragement from other people. Often when Holy Spirit speaks to us, it can be through the voice of an encouragement from somebody else. Um, for Susan and I, during the season that we've been through, we have been so grateful for the encouragement of our friends and brothers and sisters in the church. And I wanna publicly say thank you because it has been a great strength for us. You know, during those times, having people that we talk to that have been through this, you know, people I know, like Jane, we've talked to her before, she's been through it, and others, and they can say from experience, from the wounds and the bruises that they have received themselves, God can actually use our wounds and bruises to bring victory in the fight, do you know that? Your wounds and bruises aren't for nothing. God can use every attack that comes into our lives. And if we will turn them around and get our eyes off the, off the enemy and the defeat and the purpose he has, then we can see that God can actually bring this thing and bring a great victory through it. I'd like to suggest that this church is your home corner. Sunday services is like that one minute break. You're out there in the week, the three minutes of a week, fighting the fight, doing whatever you need to do. And sometimes you can feel a bit pummeled and a lot going on. Sundays, we get to come in here, whether it be physically or whether it be online, watching. You know, I hope you can come physically and be here because I love to be able to see people and press the flesh, as it were, with people as well. But when we come here, we receive encouragement. 
We, we hear the word of God. We get prayed for. We get teaching, whatever it is. It's like that place we can come to have the reprieve so that we can be built up, as it were, and then sent back out again. But when you come, I don't want you to think of yourselves as just the boxer going into your corner to get your fix of help. I want you to think of yourself as the trainer too. You're the ones that have been in my corner. You're the ones that have been in Susan's corner. You are the ones, you don't just come here to receive, you come to church to give. When you come here, do you come with the attitude of, Lord, talk to me today. As you look around thinking, is there anybody that God quickens to you? I want to go up and say hello to that person. Just ask them how they're doing. You know, this week, one of the things we've been doing is, uh, it's been a difficult time with my parents. My parents are both in a nursing home now. Um, my dad's battling. Um, but I was there yesterday and I was kneeling beside his bed, having a chat to him. And um, I intended to bring him to church today and mum. And they were so excited. They said it had been so long since they'd been here. They said we would love to come and they were doing pretty good yesterday. And they said we would love to be here and to be able to meet our friends again and say hello to them. And then my dad said to me, he said, but you know what, Andrew? He says, I hope that when I come that I can have something encouraging to say to others as well. I hope that I can come and, you know, not just receive, but give. Now, my dad is in a difficult position at the moment. Dare I say, my dad has got stage four cancer. And I don't know how much longer my dad's got to live. But my dad is not fighting the fight, getting pummeled and blowed, and oh, woe is me. My dad is still thinking about his family and his friends and what he can do. Sometimes we need to take our eyes a little bit off ourselves and our own circumstances. Because you know, one of the, the weapons of our warfare is the giving out. And I say to people, when you're focused on yourself so much, the, the problem can seem so much larger. But when you step back from that and you start to think, well, you know what? Maybe my situation isn't as bad as I think it is. And there will come an end to this. I know there always is. You live long enough, you know that. There always comes an end to the challenge you're in. And then those very things can be what God can use to bring healing maybe and freedom from you. Pastor Rick went on last week to use the analogy of passing the baton. Now, things like this I love. I used to be a PE teacher, so anything to do with sports, I love. Now, the baton, as you know, is the thing you carry, the little bit of metal rod that you carry in a relay race. And uh, you run hard and you, you, know, you give your absolute most you can for your leg of the race. You pass it on to the next person and then they take off on their race. You're standing there sort of at the side, cheering them on. And at the end of the race, you, you celebrate the victory together or you encourage each other <laughs> at the loss, okay? And uh, that's fantastic. And certainly, we encourage one another along and we cheer for each other, you know, when we see others get victories. But as I've been going, thinking about this today, for me, there is another analogy that speaks probably more to me about um, our position and what we're to do in life. And that is the Peloton, Anybody that has been watching TV lately and seeing the Tour de France, you will know what a peloton is. Because that is the group of riders 
that all get together and ride along in a group. I'm a bike rider, I ride in a peloton with my mates. Um, it's challenging and it's exciting and it's fun. Um, but there's an interesting thing, you know, why do they do that? It's interesting because when you're in a peloton, in that close group to each other, you can save up to 25% energy by being drawn along by the vortex and the momentum of the group, by the person that's in front of you. It's like getting a, a draft in a car that's behind another car. It's the same in bike riding, you know, as you get drawn along, okay? But in a, um, a peloton race, you've got the bloke at the front that's setting the pace and he's the lead guy that's leading everybody out. But if you watch carefully, you'll notice one thing. That leader doesn't stay there all the time. He'll stay there only for a while, and then when he starts getting tired, he peels off, and he comes around to the back of the peloton. What I love about this is, in the relay race, you actually stop running, and you go to the sidelines. In the peloton, you don't stop. You keep racing. You just move to the back of the pack for a while. Now, I retired three and a half years ago, but I can tell you what, I haven't stopped. My calling in God did not cease because I retired from the ministry. My calling continues on, okay? And for a short while, I'm here today, I'm back at the front of the pack again. <laughs> but the interesting thing is about a peloton is that there might be 30 blokes or 30 women in the peloton and if I'm the 20th person, I'm not getting the draft of the leader. I'm actually getting the draft from the person in front of me. So you don't need to be the person at the pointy end at the very front because as long as you've got somebody behind you, as long as you've got somebody in close proximity to you, you can help them. And so I love this that we as a group are all in a church peloton together running the race that we have been set to run. And we are each dependent upon one another, that your momentum in your walk with God will actually draw somebody else along with you. This is very core to who we are as a church. You know that we are a discipleship church. And in discipleship, it is not about credentialed pastors leading everybody and showing them the way to go. We certainly preach and we teach and we help people, but each and every one of you is a leader in yourself. Each and every one of you has the Holy Spirit and each and every one of you has the ability to lead somebody else and encourage somebody. No matter your circumstances, no matter whether you're sitting in a nursing home battling for your life, you can still have the ability to speak into somebody's life. Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says, for the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable. When I gave my life to the Lord in 1975, I took on a calling right then. I came into the ministry in 1988, but I actually received my calling the day I gave my life to Christ. If you've given your life to Christ, then you have a calling to follow him and serve him for the rest of your life. 
my calling didn't cease just because I've been going through a hard time lately. It continues on. And in fact, the bruises and the things that I've gone through, they are the things that God can use, as I said before, to bring victory. Our trainer is not ready to throw in the towel over your battles that you're going. Now, Susan, so that you can understand what that analogy is. <laughs> a trainer who stands on the corner of the ring, actually, as long as boxing has been around, has actually got the right to be able to get a towel, a literal towel, and throw it over the ropes into the middle of the ring. <laughs> Finished, fight is gone. That is the trainer saying, my boxer's had it. I am not letting him box anymore, the fight is over. And the trainer has that right to call a stop to the fight at any time. That is the power of our trainer, of our heavenly God. Now I know though for me that God is not about to stop the overall fight in our lives. He will give us rest and he'll come in and he'll step in, but maybe the time is when we're all taken home to the Lord. Maybe that's the ultimate throwing in of the towel, where he says, right, your fight is over, come home, no more battles are required. Whilst we're here in the flesh, I think we might have some more battles to fight. Um, things may be difficult at the moment, but listen for the voice of our Lord. In 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, it says, no trial has overtaken you that is not being faced by others. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tried beyond what you are able to bear, but that the trial will also provide a way out so that you are able to endure it. As I said before, sometimes you need to take a spell and have a rest. You need to be able to refresh again, coming to church on Sundays, whatever, taking a break. Pastor Rick at the moment, even though he's working, he's taking a break at the moment, going overseas and um, be able to do something a bit different so he can be refreshed. Um, during this time, you know, um, Susan, I know, took a break from worship leading because, you know, she was uh, going through a lot but about two weeks ago, she started again. She's worshiping, next week she'll be here worshiping, leading again. She's picked up the gauntlet, picked up the baton, got back in the race again, and she's doing it. I'm here. John 10.10 10 says, a thief comes to only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come so that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And I wanna put to you that that abundant life can be had even whilst you're going through the battle. Because it's not about everything being rosy. It's about what's going on inside of you. Do you have the presence of the Lord? Do you have the presence of the Holy Spirit during this thing? Are you able to be able to still be with your brothers and sisters in Christ and receive encouragement? Do you, you know, it's looking for the things in your life. You can have abundance even whilst you're in a battle. Deuteronomy 20 and verse four. For the Lord your God is going with you. He will fight for you against your enemies and he will give you victory. These are the promises of God that we need to remember. They're the promises of God that we need to inscribe across our head so that when the times come, we're gonna go, Lord, you said to me that you will give me victory. You said to me, Lord, and speak it out aloud as I talked about before. I feel like it's raining in here. 
I'm glad that you're not too close. Okay. Um, you know, that we need to be able to speak it out loud so we remember these words that the Word gives us, that the Lord is going with us in the fight. We have learned over the many years of battle that we may get beat up a bit sometimes and get wounds and bruises, but even those God can use for the advancement of His kingdom, as I said before. Romans 8.35 can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he is no longer loves us if we are in trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scripture says, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loves us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our Lord Jesus Christ came to earth as a man. He lived through all the things that we said. He went through all the things that we go through. It says he suffered and he died for us. So don't allow a bit of suffering and hardship to stop you from doing your part in the kingdom. If you're in this church, you've been planted here for a reason. Press in. Press in. Your presence was ordained by God to be here for a purpose. And you are needed in the kingdom of God. It's your choice how you respond to the current situation you're in and the hardship you've got. I've, with my mum and dad, at times my mum is in there as well. She's got dementia. And um, at times she says to me, Why am I here? Why am I here? And it's hard sometimes, but I have to say to mum, mum, you are the one that has to decide your attitude where you are. You can choose how to respond in this situation. I've got to say that already when I go in there, the staff are saying to me, we love your mum and dad. They are just a breath of fresh air in this place. They are, they, 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 they are like sunshine on a dark day. It's your choice what your attitude is through the times that you go through. I wonder if I need to give my mum and dad $5. So <laughs> Sorry, we used to have this thing, if I mentioned my children during a sermon, they got $5. So uh, you're my dad, you're supposed to pay me. Okay, so <laughs> Joseph in the Old Testament he was betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, wrongly accused, imprisoned, even when he'd done nothing wrong. In fact, he had worked hard and brought immense blessing to his master, and his master still believed his lecherous wife more than he did um, Joseph, and Joseph ended up in prison. And yet when Joseph had the chance to pay back a little bit of the pain and suffering and wounds and bruises that he received to the people that had inflicted upon him, his brothers, this is what he said. Genesis 50 and verse 20. You intended me harm, but God 
intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so that I could save the lives of many people. Joseph as an Israelite in captivity ended up as the second most powerful person in the land of Egypt and brought blessing to a nation even through his wounds and bruises. Ask God how you can turn the attacks of the enemy around and bring benefit to the kingdom of God. Are you in the race? Are you still riding? Are you in the peloton? Or have you retired to the grandstands? Is your momentum in your faith journey helping others to continue in their faith journey? I think that's why we're encouraged in the word to fellowship with one another. You know, as I was reading this scripture this week, Hebrews, you know the one I'm gonna read, Hebrews 10 verse 24. It is not a mere suggestion. You read the language, you read the context of it. It's a strong, impassionate word from God. Hebrews 10 verse 24. And let us take thought. That means think about this thing. Be serious about it. And let us take thought of how to spur one another on to love and good works. Have you thought about that? How can I encourage other people? How can I help them in their journey? How Somebody's battling. Lord, what can I do for them? Not abandoning our own meetings, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other. And even more so, as the day draws near, we are progressing further and further into the end times. It's hotting up. The time to get close in that peloton and be in close proximity and draw each other along and encourage one another, it's an important thing. As I said before, I personally ride in a peloton. Um, and during this last season, I have to confess, I have not been riding my bike as much as I should. I've, it's just been so much going on. I've actually you know, not been riding. And during that time, I've had my buddies phoning me, Wayne, Richard, Chris, Peter. They all phoned me and have said several times, many of them, and said, Andy, what's happening, bud? Where are you? What's going on? Yeah, and they start to talk to me. And, and these are my bike riding mates. Bike riding mates, okay? They say, hey, mate, you need to get back on your bike. Come on on and have a ride. My instant response, I suppose it's a bit of pride. I thought, nah, I've lost my fitness. I'm not gonna be able to keep up. You know, uh, I don't wanna slow them down. Remember, this is a parable. Hopefully God's talking to you during this. They say to me, hey, hey, don't be stupid. You're part of the team, mate. We'll just slow down for a while. You're okay. Well, you'll get your legs back again soon and we'll be back into it. You know, sometimes we back off. But you have the ability to speak into somebody's life and draw them back out again. You have the ability to say, come on, I'll walk with you. I'll run with you. I'll, I'll, I'll take some time with you. Come on, get this faith moving again. You can get through this thing. I encourage you to pray for the church. This is not the church. You are the church. Pray for one another. As I was thinking about this, I got that as I was driving up the twisties going up to Winmalee through that section there on Friday, yesterday, Friday. And um, as I was thinking about this, I started to think about people in our church that I haven't seen for a while. 
And so I actually pulled over at the side of the road up there at the lookout, and um, I actually contacted somebody that I haven't seen for a while, and I just had a chat to them. Maybe that's a good thing for us all to do. And then we make sure we don't, you know, lose people in the cracks, okay, or in the, in the um, things that are going on. Don't allow your wounds and bruises and challenges to keep you stuck in the corner. Fight your way out. Those times can be a distraction from the enemy to rob you of your calling. And you are called, as I said before. They're your weapons to fight with, okay? I know that distractions in bike riding are very, very dangerous. I've got a carbon fiber bike with carbon rims. You can lift it up like this. But if I hit a pothole or a stick, it can be very, very dangerous. I remember once um, Ben Prevo, I, um, he brought his sons back and uh, when Elijah, um, they wanted me to help him, mentor him through his coming of age at 13. So I took him up mountain bike riding and we're riding along side by side and you know, I'm talking to him and I'm teaching him about mountain bike riding and I said, now listen, Elijah, you've got to keep concentrating, watch where you're going. And as I said that, I wasn't watching where I was going. I hit a stick, went straight through my front spokes and next thing, I'm off the front of the bike and Elijah's sitting there going, <laughs> get up, just to show you. See what happens? <laughs> so he remembers that moment. <laughs> Distractions can be dangerous and they can actually take me out of the game if I'm not concentrating on what I'm doing. But one thing else I've learned, if I'm riding in a peloton, my distractions also take out others. Have you ever seen a, a smash in a peloton before? If you're not concentrating on your faith, if you're not concentrating on where you're going and you're allowing yourself to get tripped up, falling into sin, doing things, not fellowshipping with others, you can actually affect the lives of others. We have a responsibility to not be distracted and keep moving forward in our faith. I've got the physical wounds and scars to prove that fact. But I've also got the metaphorical scars and wounds from a long time in faith and in ministry too. Lots of things go on. But you know what you do? You learn from them. You give them to the Lord. He heals them and you move on and you can actually learn from those things. Band, I'll get you to come on up. Being stuck in the corner can be a distraction from the enemy. God is not ready to throw in the towel just yet. That time will come when we're taken home to be with him. Praise God. So don't disqualify yourselves now by not continuing to press in. The trainer is the only one who can throw in the towel. We do not get the choice to throw in the towel, okay? We do not get that choice. Come on, lift up your heads. Fight your way out of this thing. Eyes off of yourself and onto the enemy at the hand and listen to the strategies that God is giving you to get out of this thing. Lift up your heads and be able to hear encouragement from others. Receive encouragement and also be prepared to give it. As long as we have breath, we are still in the fight. 
And so we need to keep on doing that. It's okay to go to your home corner and have a rest for a while. It's like every Sunday, oikoses, huddles in your quiet times at home. They're the home corners, if you wanna say that, to be able to have a rest. But they do that to build us back up again and to strengthen us and get back out there. You can't live in your home corner. I've seen so many Christians, they just want to live there, stay there in the home corner. It's a nice place. <gasps> Being pampered and encouraged and healed and feeling good. And that's all great. But that's not what it was intended for. It was intended to strengthen you so you can go out there and help others. Keep on peddling. Stay in close proximity to other believers and other people. This is our reasonable service. Psalm 46 and verse one says, God is our strong refuge. He is truly our helper in times of trouble. And verse seven, the Lord of heaven's armies is on our side. The God of Jacob is our protector. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's just pray. Father, I lift up to you right now, every per single person, Lord, that is listening to this sermon today. And Lord, I pray your presence right now for those people that are feeling trapped in the corner, for those people that have maybe be beaten up a little bit, Lord. There's a lot going in on in their families or whatever is happening in their lives. Lord, let them know right now that they're not alone. And I really feel like God is saying right now, it is not your, um, okay. I feel like what God is saying, it's interesting. In a boxing match, you can be trapped in a corner, but you know what? You have to go to the corner. You have to do something yourself. Reach out, reach out. Get somebody to give you encouragement. Let somebody know that you're in trouble. Don't do this alone. Lord, I pray, Father, that people today would get that sense of the fellowship that you've put us in and that we can also be prepared to help one another. Lord, I thank you and I praise you for your presence in our lives, for your ability to take us through this battle and win victories along the way. We give you thanks in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Okay, well, we might just finish with one quick song, okay? And we'll go from there. Thank you very much.